Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast of Word First Ministries. Tune in each week and join us as we pursue God's command to make disciples of all nations. Hey, what is up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. I am your host, Jacob O'Neill, and as always, I'm joined by my friends Cameron and Bailey. And today, we have... The man, the myth, the legend, (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Shell Einhard in the studio today. That's the first time I've been introduced as a myth and a legend. (laughs) I am a man, that I know. That's right. It's like I'm welcoming you to the studio, but this is your (laughs) office. These are your offices. Uh, That is true, but uh, it feels new with this uh, equipment going on and everything. Yeah. 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 Right on. Bailey, pray us in, man. Yep. Uh, Father, just thank you for the opportunity that we have today to um, hear from our brother. I pray that um, he would have no nerves as we talk. I pray that um, we would just be able to learn from him and um, extract information that would um, serve our ministry well here. Um, So, Lord, we love you. We give this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, Shell, I just exposed your name to the world, but why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself to our friends in California? Yeah. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is uh, Kjell Einar Mongranholt, but in uh, English, it's easy to say Shell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a 29-year-old. I, I work as the leader of Ung Baptist, which mm-hmm. is the youth and children organization of the Baptist here in Norway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also work in uh, water. Uh, I work in an organization called Pursuit of Water that works with uh, sustainable uh, water uh, connection to people around the world. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Uh, and uh, I am married. Yeah, uh, sweet. Yes, us too. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> High five to everyone. <laughs> marriage, marriage. <laughs> uh, I'm an uncle of seven. Good. Uh, uh, yes, all here in Oslo. Um, oh, nice. And actually, I've, uh, I, f- I feel some of my identity is in California since mm. I, oh, I, li- I became saved in California and oh, wow. I also studied in uh, San Francisco. Mm. Oh, so wow. I, I kind of feel like yeah, you guys are from California, but mm. I feel some of my identity is there. Yeah, mm. the same spiritual birthplace, it yes. sounds like. <laughs> yeah, cool. absolutely. Yeah. How did that happen? How did you get saved? Uh, so I was um, I, I was a drummer for many years, and mm. I was asked to come play at a lot of different places, uh, and a lot of those places was Christian camps. Mm. Uh, and from uh, from the start, I was just there to play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then as I uh, was there for many years, I was able to ask some questions, get some good teaching, and then I found at some point I prayed that God, why don't you, or if you exist, if if mm-hmm. it's, if it's real that you have a place in my life and you have made me in your image then show me. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's a little bit like, a, it's a naive uh, way to pray. <laughs> but it was an honest prayer for yeah. me mm-hmm. as a young man. Uh, and then uh, God met me in that. And then the week after, I just said yes to come with some friends to uh, YWAM, mm-hmm. Youth with a Mission, mm-hmm. which is a Christian organization that works with the missionaries all around the world mm-hmm. to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just went there. I had no idea what YWAM was. I didn't really know who God was or who I was in God. But through a year there, I just, uh, gotta turn my life upside down with mm-hmm. God, which was mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then I came home. A lot of my friends were like, "Who are you?" Uh, <laughs> because my and then you told them your whole big long name. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> and they were like, "What? <laughs> How do I say that in English?" Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, no, no. But they were like, yeah. "Since I had put down different sides of my life to God, 
suddenly my identity was not in Shell, not in this guy who was uh, just a part of the Norwegian society and part mm-hmm. of the world, but mm-hmm. my identity was in God, mm-hmm. which was so much bigger, right? And and that had effect, uh, like it affected my life in different ways, mm-hmm. and it, it affected uh, how I was speaking, how I was acting. Even though I was a lot of the same person, mm-hmm. I definitely felt like it was a whole new world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just well, like ha- a lot of people who will say. But how old say. were you, kind of like in that? I was nineteen, twenty, so I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. gotcha. And now I'm twenty nine, so mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not as young, but <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that's a really great story, man. You just, you, this is this happened in California, you said, yep. right? It's dang in the desert uh, and overpass the D nine in Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's, that, that's awesome. Yeah, that's but that's awesome Awesome for us to hear again how worship ministry has brought someone to the mm-hmm. Lord again. Because that's yeah. what you do. Yeah. Kids want to play. Right. Just like, hey, you know, where are you going when you die? And then uh, you share the gospel. Very cool. Well, uh, Shell, we wanted to invite you on because there's a, the word on the street is, from what I heard, <laughs> people like, there are certain people who might be at this table who are like, you got to get this guy on your podcast. His name is Shell. And he is like the dude when it comes to multi-ethnic churches. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but I kind of am. But mm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit embarrassed. <laughs> Sorry, my apologies. <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, we here, uh, you work with a lot of multi-ethnic churches mm. here in Norway. So we've had a lot of Norwegians come on to talk about the state church and Norwegian churches, which has been awesome. Right. But uh, there actually is, or I guess we'll find out if there is, uh, it seems like there's this growing, like, communities around Norway of multi-ethnic churches here. Uh, what is that? And is that a thing here in Norway? And what's mm. the kind of like history of that here in Norway? Mm. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of things to, uh, to answer there and, sure, yeah. and unpack. Mm-hmm. I think I'll just start basic. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I, when I was in YWAM, Youth with a Mission in LA, um, I saw that the church was, uh, what, what was this uh, correct? characteristics was that mm-hmm. it was different people who believe in God and mm-hmm. God first. So the, it was unified from different generations, from mm-hmm. different backgrounds, different ethnicities coming together, not because we are the same group and we like soccer, yeah, but yeah. because mm-hmm. we believe in God, right? Which was mm-hmm. so much more powerful than any of the other uh, common things they could have before. Mm-hmm. Then I go back to Norway and then I feel like, well, that's the, the church of God, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, that makes sense. Mm. If we believe in something that is so groundbreaking that it, it, it transcends all earthly rules, mm-hmm. then that will be the, the common uh, goal and common key of all churches. But then yeah. I come to the church in Norway and, and a lot of other places, also in the US, mm-hmm. um, and I see that, oh, wow, the, the church is actually pretty homogenic, which mm-hmm. is another word for, it's pretty similar. A lot of people who go to the church yes. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. look pretty similar, are from the similar background. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seems like even though we know this maybe as Christians that the church uh, should be have the common unifier as Jesus, we still go back to mm-hmm. the human and mm-hmm. the very um, normal ways of hanging out with people who look and act and talk the same de- way I do, mm. right? It's very uh, humane of us. Oh, or, yeah. like, not mm. humane, but like... Uh, human. Human yeah. of us, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm. after starting this, this job as uh, the, the, or a leader of, the, of this uh, organization, we mm-hmm. are one of the most multi-ethnic organizations in Norway. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. And then we, I saw that, okay, well, what is this 
these churches, these groups doing right that no one else seems to want be able to do. Mm-hmm. Because being a multi-ethnic organization, being a multi-ethnic society is something that a lot of countries, a lot of organizations want to be and do well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of uh, my American friends are very proud of their heritage from Europe or for, from wherever they're, mm-hmm. they're from. They would often mm-hmm. tell me, yeah, I'm part Italian. That's mm-hmm. why this, or mm-hmm. I'm part this. And that's why I, I'm doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I would hear all the time. Yeah. Um, and then that is, that is a celebration of their heritage. Uh, but at the same time, here in Norway, um, we have gotten to the point maybe where we are, uh, we, we want to be including, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we don't want to be offending. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes we um, stop asking the questions that actually makes us get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, you guys have lived here now a year. That's amazing. I love that you guys are here. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Uh, but you guys probably have felt or have mm. had experiences of how hard it has become to get to know Norwegians yeah. mm. because they don't really ask you maybe about your heritage or about your uh, your background. And mm. to be able to know each other, they have to know your American mm. Bailey. They mm. have to know the American Cameron yeah. to be able to actually know you mm. because a lot of your ad- identity is also in your culture. Mm-hmm. So mm. um, what I'm saying is that if we get a little bit more knowledge about who we are as people when we get into the church, mm-hmm. that is also a way to build church cross mm-hmm. cultures, cross ethnicities, mm-hmm. cross backgrounds to have that unifier goal of, of Jesus. Yeah, sorry, that was a no. blast of words. No, no, I'd no, like no, to totally recommend to our audience, um, first learn how to understand Norwegian, but then tune into <laughs> an episode of Kulturkresh with you and Taku talk about exactly that thing. Yes. Like, the, how do we, where are the lines as Norwegians in Norwegian culture and, mm-hmm. and uh, Taku as an immigrant? And uh, how do you talk about uh, where are you from? What, what's your heritage? What's okay to say and what's not okay to say? Yes. What's offensive? Yeah. How, how do I say your name? Can I touch yeah. your hair? Like, where, where are those mm-hmm. lines in Norwegian culture? And I think they're drawn differently than in American culture. Absolutely. In in American culture, I think you got it right on. We're very happy to tell you. Most people don't identify. I'm sorry, I'll say that differently. Mm -hmm. We do identify as American. But if you ask someone in the United States this question, what are you? Mm. (laughs) That question means what... Uh, where where did your ancestors come from? Right. Mm-hmm. And what are you? So you look at Bailey, and his skin is a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> and he's Norwegian. More, <laughs> yeah, Norwegian so, yeah. Bailey. <laughs> it's a little bit more toasted marshmallow than, <laughs> than me and Jacob. Um, yeah. But you could ask Bailey, "What are you?" And Bailey would go, "Oh, my mom's Samoan." Right. And we know ex- we understand exactly what that mm. means, um, which I think is very different from how from the, from the cultural expectation among Norwegians. Mm. Right. Yeah. No, no, very interesting. So as far as like you were saying that like it wasn't until you started working with uh, the Baptists, right, that you started seeing these multi-ethnic churches like kind of around, you know, is so have multi-ethnic churches, are they starting to become like are now they just like popping up everywhere? Like because <laughs> like, um, you know, for different circumstances, whether that they're tragic or not, uh, like of wars of different countries or people moving here for work or, or things like that, mm. especially in Oslo, like there are lots of different cultures in Oslo. Like, I mean, look where we are right now where we're mm-hmm. recording this. Uh, we're in Glenland, Glen uh, which we've talked about a lot, mm-hmm. has a lot of different cultures. Um, so how are, have multi-ethnic churches like started popping up everywhere? Like what's their like history in Norway and right. where they're at now? Yeah. Well, probably someone with more knowledge than me uh, would uh, answer this differently, but I will just give my perspective. Yeah. Sure, please. Um, 
since migration to Norway didn't happen so long ago, like uh, mm. the U.S. is a, such a multi-ethnic society yeah. uh, from mm-hmm. uh, from way back. Mm-hmm. Norway just got that from maybe 50s, 60s, 70s, mm. uh, where a lot of people moved to Norway and mm. started making their roots here. And a lot of those people were religious, uh, mm. Christians, uh, mm. Muslims, uh, mm. uh, all, all different uh, types. And um, those people usually seek a fellowship that is close to home mm-hmm. where they can mm-hmm. be understood which is very understandable i mean if you look at uh, when i when i was studied in this, um, san francisco uh, i was invited to the norwegian club mm-hmm. uh, which was an old society of old Nor- uh, american dudes who mm-hmm. had uh, norwegian heritage mm-hmm. where they sang norwegian songs and mm-hmm. ate norwegian food mm-hmm. yeah. which for, for me was so strange <laughs> <laughs> but it says something about the human uh, way of wanting um fellowship and ownership of yeah. some culture uh, mm-hmm. right we are that's the way yeah. we are we have to kind of identify with something right uh, and probably as you, maybe as you guys felt when you were in Norway you really feel a big identifier as Americans in Norway maybe mm-hmm. I don't know uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'd like to hear yeah. about that yeah. Later. Yeah. yeah so but then when these guys then have children those guys get raised in a Norwegian society right so even though they have their values and their characteristics of their mm-hmm. parents cultures they are living in Norway and they are being raised in the Norwegian culture, mm-hmm. which means that they are a little bit Norwegian and they are a little bit of their parents' culture, yeah. whether that's mm-hmm. uh, Burmese, uh, Vietnamese, uh, whatever, mm-hmm. um, which means that they are not fully in one camp. They can feel Burmese, for example, but mm-hmm. if they go to Myanmar or Burma, mm-hmm. um, they will feel Norwegian. They yeah. will understand quite clearly that yeah. I am not Burmese. Yeah. I am Norwegian. And even the people of Burma would say that, oh, you are actually not from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is mm-hmm. a there's a shift. Yeah. Right. But in mm-hmm. Norway they also feel in the, in the meeting with me, for example, who has the most Norwegian name and look pretty Norwegian, <laughs> they can probably feel like, oh, I'm not as you kind of sure. yeah, yes. right. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, as now time goes, some of these people are are realizing that the church of their parents and the church of Norway is both places great, but they, they're not, um, it's hard for me to fit in both places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they want to have church where God's unifier is first, yeah. mm-hmm. a multi-ethnic church. Right. So yeah. that, that's, mm-hmm. that's why these churches are kind of popping up. Um, in the Baptist is about 34 mm-hmm. or 35 churches around the country, which are classified as multicultural. Uh, mm-hmm. And what that means is different from every church. Uh, if it's that from the leadership and the, from the um, uh, leader teams that it's multicultural, or if it's just the mass of people going to the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a friend of mine, a, a very wise man, Pastor Mark Damas, from um, who is uh, in Little Rock in Arkansas, mm-hmm. he says that uh, well, um, after they started thinking about multicultural churches, they had uh, like a way of. Uh, um, measuring it, which was uh, mm-hmm. that 20% of the people that go to the church are multicultural. Mm-hmm. But if, if you see, if you go to the church and see that 20 people, 20% are multicultural, but it doesn't reflect in how they do the church, it doesn't reflect mm-hmm. in how the worship is done, who's mm-hmm. on the stage, who's right. on the pulpit, yeah, yeah. then that, that, that would be a fake image, mm-hmm. uh, right? Sure, so, sure. so it's um, how you measure it, it's, it's kind of the, uh, different. Mm-hmm. But we think that we know that within just a couple of years, Norway will be so much more multi-ethnic than it is today. Mm-hmm. Already, it's becoming increasing. About a million of Norwegians are multi-ethnic. Mm-hmm. A lot of those people mm-hmm. are 
religious and Christian. Yeah. So we know that the future of the church is multi-ethnic. Mm-hmm. And that's why Umbaptist and Baptist Sanfuna is one of the, the pioneers and leading on how do mm-hmm. we work mm-hmm. uh, in that and how yeah. do we meet each other? Because even though a lot of people want that and say mm-hmm. like, hey, everyone is welcome in my church. For some reason, when we get together, they are also... Uh, unconsciously displaying the Norwegian culture as a radiating, mm, right. and then mm. when you, as as an American or uh, as a, or someone else, feel that there is something that I'm missing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you and I have to meet, get relationship, and understand each other to be able to worship together, uh, and that's a two way street. Yeah. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. why we're kind of we're working on this, and that's why also more multicultural churches are popping up and and mm-hmm. are probably becoming more. This is just a ball that has started rolling, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. going to be big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we hope that the churches of tomorrow will have the, the knowledge to be able to build those churches where people yeah. get uh, taken care of uh, and that feel welcome. They feel that uh, this church is for me. This is church mm-hmm. for, for my children. Uh, yeah. Well, that, mm-hmm. uh, that um, matches with some of the conversations that I've had with some of the pastors here. So, um, Espen and I have spoken with several of the pastors in ethnic churches in, mm-hmm. uh, in and around Oslo. And we've talked to them about their youngsters, these second generation Norwegians whose parents were immigrants mm-hmm. and who they themselves are now have this new identity that's different than their parents. Um, and one uh, Ethiopian pastor we spoke to, he said, our kids are Ethiopian only skin deep. And then they're Norwegian. Mm-hmm. And he just told me, he goes, I don't know how to reach them. We don't speak the same language. Our cultural expectations are different. Mm-hmm. The way we dress, the things we value. You know, they've grown up among Norwegians in Norwegian school. And uh, and our church just culturally, they see it as their parents' church. And for for their folks, they really appreciate those cultural particulars. They appreciate speaking their home language and being among their home people and reading the scriptures in their heart language and music that's familiar to them and a service that's familiar to them. But mm. to their kids, it's foreign. Mm. And so I've been wondering about the same, the same thing. Because in, in the United States, in our context, uh, in Southern California is a little bit different. We're kind of used to being multi, mm. multi-ethnic. And so the question is something like, well, why doesn't our church look like our community? How can we have so many middle-class white people in our church when our community has lots of people who don't fit that description mm. and which I think is, I think that's a different, a different thing than what I've experienced so far in Oslo and among the Baptists. Even we have a lot of ethnic, we have Chin churches and Vietnamese churches and mm. uh, Burmese churches and Oromo churches. And, mm. and, uh, and then we have especially this next generation of Christians. And I think, the reason that it's um, that it's on my heart, and the reason that I think about it, and I think it's so important. There are lots of reasons it's important, but the one that weighs heavy on my heart is mm-hmm. um, if you don't feel at home in your in your parents' church, it seems to me that it'd be easy to leave the whole to let the whole thing go. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You, you say that culturally that is semi familiar to me, but it represents the, more the culture of my parents than it does really my own experience and the culture of of the people who I've grown up and around. It's easy to, or it seemed to me that, okay, well, I'll let the whole tradition go, the music, the reading, and the beliefs, and then it seems to me that that's just a, it's a straight and easy path away from a saving relationship with Jesus, which is the most, which mm-hmm. is the most tragic thing, and I think it's possible for our churches inadvertently 
and th- this is a, not a criticism of any particular church, but I just mean like in general across the world, how tragic is that as a church to be a part of someone's path away from, away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I, I just obviously don't have any answers. That's why we've got you. That's why we've got the expert. <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't say I'm an expert. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I'm just learning. Yeah. yeah. But I think even, even having the wisdom and insight and to be astute enough to recognize that it's um, something that needs to be addressed well. Mm. Um, I really appreciate it. And then what's great is it, it's, um, is it integrates into what the church is doing all over the world, but in Norway and in Oslo in particular. I remember we are at the, I don't remember what the conference was, but Gabriel mm. was giving a talk, Gabriel Stevens, and he said, I'm not going to give a talk about the theology of multicultural church because there's just the theology of church. Mm. And I love that. And, um, you know, we, we read the admonitions in the scriptures for the first century church. And it's like, we've got poor people and rich people going to church together. How do we deal with that? We have people who speak different languages. We've got Jews and Gentiles. And how do we deal with those things? And mm-hmm. they, but they were dealing with them. And I think you see there's, an, there's a, um, an example of health that poor and rich people are coming to church. Now, they don't, okay, the don't save the good seats for the, for the rich guys. We're all, we're all going to sit together because Christ is the foundation of our identity and what unites mm-hmm. us that's greater than anything else. Um, but nevertheless, they were uh, they were struggling with those things, and I think it's. Po- I mean, I've seen it in the United States, and I think I've seen it in Norway too. Although I don't want to be critical, so shall please um, be critical. Please yeah, uh, I think we need to be correct critical. me if I'm yeah. wrong. But we get we get comfortable, and we don't see that we're unwelcoming, even though we have welcoming mm-hmm. hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not as welcoming as we think, be- and I think it's because we get comfortable. And uh, an example I like to use you. You, uh, when you guys go to each other's houses, do you know how each other's houses smell different than your own house? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But no one thinks their own house has a smell. Right. right? I don't go home and go, oh, okay, there's the smell of my house. I go to my house and that's what seems neutral. And I go to Jacob's and I go, that smells different than my house. Mm-hmm. And my grandma's house has a certain smell, right? Mm-hmm. Stupid example, but we can imagine how our church communities can be exactly that same thing eventually. Mm-hmm. It just seems like um, – you seem the way you do things seems neutral, and it's absolutely not. Mm. Yeah. Um, the way you do things has a history and has an impact, and it means things, and it may make somebody feel uh, right. welcome or unwelcome. And if we're unwilling to, if we're unwilling to look at our traditions, if we hold them in too high esteem, right. if we have as they call sacred cows, right, mm. and we're unwilling mm. to question whether these ought to be sacred cows or whether they ought to be dinner, mm-hmm. then we can uh, end up doing just exactly the stuff we're talking about. We can, we can end up alienating people. And then we have a generation of especially um, yeah. immigrants who have no, no opportunity for Christian community. The Norwegians mm-hmm. that they've grown up with don't know, don't know Jesus and don't believe in him. And their parents, oh, that's, that's fine for my parents, but I don't, I don't really speak the language and I don't really get what they're doing. And then there's no opportunity for a community that, for them, this, I'm sorry, sorry, this is something I'm excited about. Yeah, but to have right. the opportunity to define the community for themselves among Christian leaders who can help them to have a healthy and well-directed way in order to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that, well, that speaks to something like I'm really passionate about when it comes to like church planning in general is this, this kind of idea of like holding on to sacred calves. And mm-hmm. I mean, just getting like... Serving the sacred calf for dinner, right, is so hard for, you know, for, for obvious reasons. And I mean, it's so hard, you know, because like people uh, can be set in their ways, right? Mm-hmm. Just people can just like, even if they're not like 
a mean-spirited or stubborn person. People can just be stubborn, like yeah. just about things they like. And the, the hardest thing about sacred cows, especially when it comes to church, I think Christians are the worst at this, mm-hmm. uh, just being mean, but uh, is is when it's worked before. Mm-hmm. So like when we've done something in our churches and it's worked and mm-hmm. it worked for a long time. And now we've like the culture has changed, the world has changed. And now it's like, okay, we have to keep obviously the message the same, yeah. right? The message of Christianity and what the Bible teaches and the gospel will never change, right? But how we reach mm-hmm. Jerusalem, right? How we yeah, reach our culture. Yeah, you look outside and see. Yeah. Right, exactly, yeah. But it's like, no, we don't want to because the way we've done it before has worked. Mm-hmm. And it's it's, mm. diffi- it's difficult to look outside. Yeah. And um, I don't know why it's difficult to look yeah. outside. Why, <laughs> so I don't know. don't know if you have thoughts about that, but like. Well, it's risky. It's, to risk, yeah. risk, uh, change is risky. And that's why the mm. church, I think it's a little bit better now, but mm-hmm. my experience in the church in California is that culturally the church is always 20 years behind. So the decor, mm. the way people dress, the mm. style of music, it's, it's the stuff that was, that was more or less popular 20 years ago. So it's like going into a time warp. And if you're part of the Christian scene, if you're part of that subculture, it makes sense to you. But mm. I think we stop realizing how um, somebody who's unfamiliar, who's not part of the subculture, mm-hmm. how weird it is, the things we do. Why do we listen to this music and sing these words and speak this way? Mm-hmm. Like, why does this person's house smell like this? <laughs> and, we go, and we go, smell like what? Yeah, Your house is the one that smells, mm. right? This is a great smell. Remember yeah. when we first started doing this smell and it right. was awesome? And right. it was like, we love this smell. That's yeah. great. And I think, Jacob, that's an astute, point. That's an astute observation. Is yeah. it, it worked in the past, so we can't, we can't change, mm-hmm. right? We can't change it. It's worked. But people have people have changed, right? The the earth has rotated under your feet. You got to look outside and see where you're at and understand who they are. And that's why Paul admonishes us to be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. Amen. I think uh, one of the things that we we talk about a lot here in the Baptist is that we, that we try to look to the Church of Antioch, mm-hmm. uh, how it was so diverse, so many different people, and how that church was affected by how many people of different cultures, backgrounds, uh, mm. social groups, mm-hmm. uh, rich, poor, because the people of that church made the how that church worked. Mm-hmm. Since there was poor people in the church, the church worked towards poor people in the city. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of the times, we uh, one of some other things that we defend when we try to hold our traditions and the things mm-hmm. that we've done because we've seen it work before mm-hmm. is that, well, this is what we know. This is what we know works, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, oh, we're going to lose our identity as a church if we welcome this, if we right. do this, if we change this. Yeah. But in reality, often what happens is that you get a more you get a broader church which mm. cares a lot about uh, different things that we did before. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to see this in the Norwegian society as a Norwegian. Mm-hmm. Because as I see in Norwegian society, I mean, uh, we are uh, very independent. We value our free time a lot. Uh, and a church is something that happens in Sundays. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of, uh, probably you guys mm-hmm. can also probably feel like this at home. Yeah. Or that... Okay, it's a, it's a church. We go to the church, mm-hmm. right? Maybe, and, and this is a time where we pray mm-hmm. and we are, we are one with God. And then we go home, and then I watch uh, Game of Thrones, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not hating on Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, I'll but, hate on Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't watch it. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> not gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for you. But then, and, yeah. and at work, we will uh, say things bad, bad things about our sure. uh, coworkers, and, and mm-hmm. I mean, right. uh, not reflecting God's identity in yeah. the things that we are doing, right? Which is 
totally human. I mean, I do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we all do that. Um, we put on a ch- we go to church and we put on a church face. And right. We, you know, we would say like, "Oh, Ca- brother Cameron, have you had such a blessed? <laughs> how did you have such a blessed week?" That like, yeah. But it actually talk like that. But yeah. you know, we. I know what you. Uh, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like, yeah. We will put on like our church faces. Yeah. Like what, what people say. And yeah, we get so. home and you can loosen your belt. Mm-hmm. I go, oh, okay. Yeah. Be comfortable again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so some of the things that are changing, for example, uh, at our summer camp, we have a summer camp for the whole organization where mm-hmm. we invite in all people. Mm-hmm. And latest years, we've, we've been getting a lot of more people from Chin, from Burma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and those uh, those families usually have a lot of more Sunday school in their families than the Norwegians do. Mm-hmm. So the Norwegians, usually those who are from Norwegian families, mm-hmm. usually are very young in their faith. But the people who had uh, had um, uh, God's uh, faith through their parents all their life, they have a more moderate faith. They have mm. a more, uh, you know, like uh, adult faith. Sorry mature, for yeah. amateur. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys, for the bad English. Uh, no, fine. Uh, so meeting in that, the uh, one of the leaders would say, "Shell, is this a Christian camp or is this a sports camp? You guys mm-hmm. are only doing Bible teaching three mm-hmm. hours a day. Yeah. I mean, why isn't it six oh, hours? Wow. Like, uh, like, what's going on here? Yeah. What are we doing? Mm. Uh, and then the Norwegians like, guys, we're doing three hours of Bible teaching. <laughs> I, like, I think this this guy is disengaging. Like, he's looking yeah. up at the sky. He doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, but in the meeting of that, you get something which is beautiful. Mm. Uh, you you really get." Yeah, okay, some people get more teaching and some people get more activity or, and, and mm-hmm. you have to figure that out and it's hard. Mm-hmm. But uh, like one of my friends in the Mosaic church in, in Arkansas uh, said, in this church, because that was a multi-ethnic church, it's called uh, the Mosaic church, mm-hmm. we are all uncomfortable and that's what makes us uncomfortable. Uncom- mm-hmm. We are all uncomfortable and that's what makes us comfortable. Yeah. And I think as a church, if we have become comfortable, then maybe something is a little bit wrong in the way mm-hmm. we're doing. If I go mm-hmm. to Sunday service, mm. hang out there, say hallelujah, and I go home, and it doesn't affect my life, then something yeah. about how I'm living out my life is wrong. Mm. Uh, and I'm not trying to be critical. I'm not trying to be like, mm. we yeah. always have to say, Jesus, hallelujah, I'm in to everyone we see on the street. I don't yeah. believe that. But I do believe that the church and the, the calling on our lives is so much bigger uh, than we can mm. comprehend. Yeah. So it has to have, mm. uh, the church has to look different yeah. than, mm. than our boundaries can. Well, I love that. I, have, yeah. I love the idea that if you look in the doors of a church, it should look the same as the community that it's in, right? Mm-hmm. But it, but what should be different about it mm-hmm. is all of the stuff you just described. So if you look at like the faces, the faces should be something like a cross section of your community. But when you look in the hearts of the people who are there, it should be so different that the only explanation about how they're all hanging out mm. together and living the way they are is the gospel. Yeah. Oh man! See, I because I had always. Like how many times have we talked about like that problem of like well you just go to church on Sunday but mm-hmm. it needs to actually impact change in your life like throughout the week and, and what does every church say on Sunday? Well, well I don't know. Every but, church but, on Sunday says <laughs> and remember we're not just Christians on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like so like I'd always known that was a problem right and we I, yeah. I can't remember if we've ever even talked about it on the show but we talked about it right. But it never can it never crossed my mind. That part of the solution to that would be multi-ethnic, like fo- a focus on having cross-cultural, multi-ethnic mm. church plants, mm. Um, mm. and and that being a way to, like Cam said, like when people look in the windows of the church, as it looks like the community it's in, 
But it's like, why are like why are these people? Why are all these people from different cultures, different attitudes, like hanging out together? Mm-hmm. And the unifier is Christ and the gospel. Um, and the idea of us being multicultural and us bringing our different cultures to the table, being the solution to, no, 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 we don't just live Christianity on Sunday. Mm-hmm. We live it every day of the week. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it that way before. And uh, mm-hmm. that sounds pretty awesome to me. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So what, what if we... What if we will have a church, right? Like in Norway, right? <laughs> Imagine that, that's going to happen. <laughs> so, so what if we plant a church in Norway, right? And it is, well, let's say if there's an existing church that is like kind of just one cultural, you know, silo right now. Yeah. And we have this conversation right now. They listen to Word First Radio episode 46 and they're like, you know what? They're right. I, we need to be <laughs> multicultural. Oh, man, we'll do that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are some of the barriers to becoming multi-ethnic? What it, why is it, is it difficult? And if, yeah, why? Why is it difficult? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of barriers and probably mm-hmm. a lot that I haven't even discovered yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what uh, my friend Mark, sorry for bringing up again, but yeah. uh, he's saying like they've done this for 20 years. They have now a big church which does a lot for the communica- community, mm-hmm. but every week they have new problems that they have to face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get old, the, the new problems. Uh, one example was that... Um, well, it's kind of bad of me to bring up the example without me here, but uh, I'll just do a short outline. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had uh, some some member of the church uh, asking, hey, do you guys want to have salsa courses, salsa the dance mm, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, in our church? And, and the whole leadership was like, yeah, let's do that. Uh, and then they had a uh, Hispanic pastor, which was not at that meeting, uh, not participate. And then they found out that, well... Um, Actually, that is for a lot of Hispanic people. That is actually like a kind of like a looked down upon thing. It's not mm. supposed to be a part of a part of the church. It's mm-hmm. a little bit like um, more like a party mm-hmm. uh, it's thing. It's more worldly. Yeah, it's not more worldly. The yeah. doing. it's something that that they didn't really want to identify as as a church activity. Mm. Uh, and that was just an example that happened just when we were there. Like, yeah. uh, so it, there will be different clashes between different people. Mm. But I mean, that will also happen in the church in general when when mm. people are meeting. So, I think the barriers are always different people coming together. There will always be things clashing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what is what makes it tick is the trying to understand each other, trying to be humble in meeting each other, and uh, I think relationship is the most important thing. Yeah. One of the mm-hmm. uh, when I, a couple of years ago when I was just. Uh, Started this process in my head. I, I asked a friend of mine, Gabriel Stevens, which mm-hmm. you also talked about. Yeah. I said, "Well, well, Gabriel, like I love this idea, but how do we do it? It, si- it seems so hard, mm. right?" And he was like, he said something that offended me uh, mm-hmm. right there and then, <laughs> which I've told him many times uh, after. <laughs> uh, he said, "Well, Shell, it's not that hard. Uh, invite people into your home. Mm. Uh, it's it's that easy." Mm. And I was like, "Well." If it was that easy, then <laughs> I, I would have done you're it already. Like, yeah, you're right. telling a Norwegian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, well, okay, <laughs> I don't believe that, but but well, but it was true. Mm. Uh, I think it was fundamentally true mm. that in order for us to build something, we have to know each other. Bailey, when you and I, if we become like yeah, friends, mm-hmm. probably some of the things that how you are living your life will affect me. Mm. When I'm learning who you are as a person, mm. that will affect how mm. I do things probably especially if we're building a church together mm-hmm. so I think that just that being together knowing mm-hmm. each other cross cultures mm-hmm. really just makes a difference I think mm-hmm. a lot of it comes automatically when we know each other uh, and of course there's going to be uh, mistakes mm-hmm. but like what, what my friend Bjorn said who works here in the Baptist 
just ask for forgiveness. Mm. One of the things mm. that we are bad at in Norway and, yeah. and maybe other places is actually doing it in the first place and then mm-hmm. asking for forgiveness because we're so afraid of offending each other that we end up not doing anything. Oh, Americans mm-hmm. have the opposite problem. Yeah. <laughs> we don't ask we don't ask for forgiveness because we don't feel like we need to be forgiven. You should just understand. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Right, right. Well, I wonder what you think about this idea because mm. I think you I think you brushed up alongside it. But I think one of the wonderful things about how do I say this? Different people with different expectations, different culture, etc. Um, one of the beautiful things about that is you put them in conflict, hmm. and I think conflict is great. Um, uh, violence is bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> violence is bad. Hatefulness is bad. But conflict is very good. Conflict is a, I think, an excellent. Um, uh, you have to grow through conflict, and it gives hmm. you the opportunity to to not only grow yourself because uh, only out of conflict do like good and better ideas happen. If we always agreed and we never, we never disagreed or felt misunderstood or whatever, then we never improve. Mm. So conflict is like this. um, It's like a fire that, that can create Mm. all kinds of goodness. And so there's, there's beauty in, uh, how do I say this? Mm -hmm. In allowing opportunities for conflict because then you allow opportunities for grace and forgiveness Mm -hmm. and to understand each other more deeply and I think to understand the foundation of our faith, as, like you can tell a white congregation, listen, there's neither, there's now neither nor neither Jew nor Greek, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. And we say so there are no black and white people. We're all part of God's family, and all of the white people in the church say yes, and they mean it. We mean it with our hearts. Sure. Yes, and amen. Right. amen. But how do you understand that until you have right. a bunch of until you have a bunch of uh, variously colored people? With different cultural mm-hmm. expectations and practices right. and mm-hmm. uh, instincts mm-hmm. together, doing church together, living life together, yeah. and seeing how different we are, how much we grow through being through conflict and loving each other, anyways. And then you, it's like you can look at the foundation and see it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what? Like we said before, what makes sense of us living like this with each other? The only answer can be Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I've got well, what? Just mm-hmm. think about I have that a little verse, right? Thought about that, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but that verse, right? What, what what book is it in? It's in Galatians, mm-hmm. right? Like, think about like Paul's whole message there. He's like, oh, hey, Jews, <laughs> stop making the Greeks Jews. They're yeah. not Jews. They're Greeks. Yeah. And by the way, there is no Jew or Greek, nor slave, no free. Yeah. So like. That's kind of the whole point of Galatians is like, listen, the Greeks are Greeks. They don't have to become Jews to be mm-hmm. in God's family. And but, but with all of that, like kind of finding this like unity through conflict and yeah. conflict comes with diversity. It mm-hmm. just has to, uh, it just will. And you grow um, in the, you grow in the midst of conflict, learning to yeah. hear other mm-hmm. ideas, to learn to, to defer to other people, to lay down your rights mm-hmm. and, uh, but then also to know when to be confident and how to serve one another. Like that doesn't, I think that doesn't happen as naturally when we all think the same, expect the same, believe mm-hmm. the same, behave the same. We all, everyone just kind of know, knows the program and knows what's going on. You lack the opportunity to grow and then really understand that Christian the foundation of Christian identity. Oh man. And, but I also want to, um, challenge that thought that diversity uh, creates challenge because I think oh, that's okay. true. I think that's very true, but I think, uh, well, my thesis is this, uh, like, uh, I'm a guy, I, I like talking to people. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, getting to know people and my, my interest is people in many mm-hmm. ways. And the more I learn about people, the more I learn how different we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even though people, uh, like my brother, for example, he's a great guy and we have a, a 
really great friendship, but we are totally different, even mm-hmm. though we have almost all the same identifiers mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my thesis is when you are coming together as different people, as different humans, there will be conflict sure. yeah. if you are wanting to build something together. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I, well, I, I know that it's naive, but mm-hmm. I want to turn it on the head that, to, and say that, yes, there is conflict in diversity. There is, I think there is conflict in people. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. We are just different. No, and, absolutely. And if, absolutely. if we want to do something together, then, then it's going to be hard. Yeah. Uh, if you and I want to make a bike shop, we're gonna have a different uh, layout of that. Yeah. How that's gonna be? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he needs to learn how to make a bike first. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like and ride it even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ride it. I learned how to do that once. You never forget. <laughs> Sweet. Um, this is all like just really exciting, especially um, thinking of how many Americans will be hearing this because mm. one of the biggest things since we've moved here um, that God has been just teaching me more and more. Um, is how big a deal our cultural, um, our culture, our norms, our practices, our traditions, all of that stuff is um, with effectively ministering to people, whether it's for discipleship, like growing Christians, or if it's for evangelizing to unbelievers. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, um, especially for Americans, I think. I hear a word like culture or like tradition and I kind of count myself out. Like I'm like, no, I don't like, Mm. I mean, my culture is like this deep. It's, uh, my mom swam from Samoa to America (laughs) and, um, we have a few things from grandpa hanging on the walls. Like Mm. that's my culture. Um, and I think generally as Americans, we kind of discount ourselves from that because we don't have any buildings that have been around for more than, two, three hundred, whatever, mm. years. Um, but when we switch the um, terminology to instead of, okay, what's our culture, what's our tradition, um, if you were to ask me, what do you have in common with um, the rest of the people who live in this place called America? And what is that? how does that compare to what you have in common with the people who are gathered here in Norway? Mm. Then there's... So much. Mm. Um, there's so many differences that my mind automatically opens to. And again, that's like what God is showing me or has been showing me just continually the value of understanding those commonalities we have and how they play into our mindsets. Um, and then just it's really exciting, like the thing you keep talking about, like um, the unity in Christ that would unite a multi ethnic church. Mm. Um, I think, like you said, it's beautiful because mm-hmm. what it does is allow us to optimize our ministry mm. um, instead of being stuck in our traditions that have worked. These have tried and proven <laughs> to work for 20 years. Like, my granddad did this. I'm still doing it, and it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, if we have um, church cultures where we're challenging each other's norms, mm. um, then we can actually keep digging to the center, which is God and his optimal ministry for the world. Mm. Um, and that's constantly swerving because he, like God himself, pursues and chases after his individual sheep who run in different directions. Like we run away from him, but in totally different ways. Um, and just us challenging that, I think, helps us to arrive at a clearer picture of, okay, this is how our culture is running and this mm. is how we can run to catch up with them and find them. Mm. So 
I'm very excited. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I always like to end the episode with Bailey being excited. So uh, <laughs> that's a good way to end. Yeah, we'll go for a run. I get excited when the Bailey gets excited. Yeah. You just want to go climb a mountain? Like, let's, let's do this. Let's go. Let's build that's, a multi-hazard trip. That's how you'll feel after jumping into the water. In yeah. The, after the oh, yeah, like, yeah. 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 I bet. I went. Yeah. To, we did this thing. This is how I ended the episode. We did this thing. I did this thing yesterday. They chickened out. Uh, but we weren't invited. <laughs> we weren't invited. Sorry, we once upon a time, time, you were invited and you didn't show up. So as I was. Sick. It felt like I got hit so. by a car. <laughs> Whatever. You guys are losers. Uh, yeah. Well. But anyways, thank you so much for being here, Shell. You didn't even <laughs> say what the thing was. Kim I did it. No, and I won't. Kim did it when a bird was standing on the ice watching him. <laughs> thank you so much for being here, Shell. Oh, it was uh, fantastic yeah. to have you, you guys here. Thank you for your perspective. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah, Talking about something else. Yeah, we'll tell you. Great. We'll plant a multi-ethnic church and oh, we'll, uh, to yes. ask you. Uh, to see if we did it right. Oh, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Anyone watching in California, thank you guys so much for tuning in and meeting our friend Shell. And we'll see you again in two weeks. All right, can I end on something? Is that okay? I have a, sure. just, yes. a, just a word that I've written oh, yeah. down. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm just going to choose one. Uh, I think, I'm not sure from where, from where this is, but if there's any theologians there, you can probably hear where it's from. We should not boast in the identity given to us on this earth, but the, in the identity given to us by our heavenly father, Jesus. Mm. Mm. Amen. I just, Amen. I think that speaks echoes. Yeah. 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 Couldn't have said it better myself. So, <laughs> God bless you. We'll see you guys again in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening to Word First Radio. If you like the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. If you want to learn more about Word First and how you can support the ministry spiritually and financially, check us out at wordfirst.us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Word First Radio, and we'll see you again next week. God bless. God bless.